Peace and blessings, good people, and welcome to Father Share the Podcast on Fatherhood in 20. Today, I am your host, Fleming. And I'm Ms. Vaughn. And today, we have a, another special guest. We have the Reverend Jonathan A. Mason on the line with us today, joining us today. Thank good you, evening. Sir. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you definitely for joining us. This is definitely a special. This is uh, our uh, Father's Day episode that we're, we're doing here. So thank you again for making time out of your schedule uh, to join us. Honored to be a part of it. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. So now you are, as I know, you are a father of two. I am. Okay, and uh, age-wise they are? So I'm the father of the two greatest sons this side of heaven, okay. uh, Jonathan Jr. and Jackson Alexander. Uh, Jonathan is my heart and Jackson is my soul. Uh, Jonathan is 13 and Jackson is nine. Okay. Uh, they are actually texting me right now and I said to them, boys, I got something I got to do this evening that I committed to, but they want Chipotle. Uh, so I, so I got I to hang to an hour before it closes. Okay, okay. Get them these Chipotle chicken whatever it is. But yes, they're my babies, Jonathan and Jackson. Okay, all right. All right, well, look, I, I definitely know that you are indeed a proud, proud father. I keep you on schedule because I know real serious. Absolutely, absolutely. Chipotle Notice they didn't say they wanted my cooking. And I've been cooking for the last couple months. They they just weren't down with that, but they want Chipotle. So it's okay. <laughs> they, they, you know what? They wanted to give you a break. So they said they, they, wanted, was with Chipotle. For making me feel so better, they, they wanted to give you in the kitchen a break. That's I what that is. I appreciate that. Thank yes. you. I feel much better now. Yes. Right. I mean, you're still the best cook they've ever had. They just said, let's just get dad a break for tonight. That's Watch this. Do. I'm the best cooking dad they've ever had. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, now, as far as um, as far as things go, quick question. So, as given the current environment, I'm going to mm-hmm. jump right into it. Given current environment, had, has that had to be a conversation for you with, with your sons at, at this point? Yeah, and, and I gotta I gotta say to you that I'm not happy about the conversations. Yeah, uh, no, I, yeah, I feel you. I feel and, you. And it's not even about the situation. Mm-hmm. It's about the fact that I don't feel like they are as socially conscious as I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, I, I come from, and I'm sitting right now uh, in a radio studio that I built in the church I grew up in. Okay. Uh, I grew up, uh, my father pastored this church I'm in right now for 41 years, the Northeast Baptist Church. Uh, I'm now pastor. I've been the pastor for five years. Okay. Um my father marched with King. Uh, he told me how he marched with him in Cicero, Illinois, uh, and, and how the people came at them with bats and how they had to hide under buildings in order to be 
protected. Right. Uh, my father was okay, was friends with King, but he was really close to da to Daddy King, Martin's father. Okay. And you'll find that a lot of the preachers from my dad's generation uh, gravitated towards him because he was a true leader uh, and a true icon in the movement. Uh, my father uh, was one of the Baptist pastors here in Philadelphia uh, that started Rainbow Push. Uh, when Jesse Jackson founded it uh, in the 70s. He was one of the leading pastors to get it moving here in Philadelphia. Uh, he was one of the pastors that worked with the coalition to get the first black mayor of Philadelphia elected, the Honorable Wilson Good. So I felt like uh, I was following in my father's footsteps uh, of, of social justice and civil rights and standing for uh, the needs of our people. And, and, and Chris, I've known you for a long time. You know, uh, I, I worked hard to bring activism uh, to Phi Beta Sigma when I was the international president. Uh, when, when, when Eric Garner was killed, we paid for buses to go to Staten Island to protest. Uh, uh, when when we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington, we stood on the same steps that King stood on and spoke power or spoke truth to power or perceived power. Um, when Michael Brown was killed, we took about 50 people to Ferguson. Uh, uh, just a couple months after he was killed, and we did a youth explosion where we really were working to try to connect the young people with law enforcement and help them see that all of us could work together. Uh, and then, of course, the work that I'm doing here uh, at the church. So in my mind, in my mind, after having taken my boys uh, on a black history tour last year through Alabama and and, uh, and through Georgia and through uh, 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 some of the other civil rights, um, uh, 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 some of the other historical civil rights sites, I was thinking to myself, when I sit down to talk to them about George Floyd and what happened, that they would be right there with me. And I got to tell you something, I was not happy with the response I received. Mm -hmm. um, Okay. not happy when my 13-year-old, and I love my 13-year-old, I love my boys, don't get me wrong, but I was not happy when in some way, shape, or form, they could not identify with the protesters. I didn't say the looters. I said the protesters. Right. right. Yeah. They haven't had to deal with a lot of the issues uh, that, that, that a lot of our, our people have had to face. And I realized, Dad, you've got to educate your children a whole lot more uh, about what brothers and sisters are dealing with right. um, in this country. So it was really a self-check for me that I had done all I needed to do mm -hmm. to make sure that my young people understood what was really going on out there in the world and what they may have to deal with. They may be in a nice little Catholic school now, but right. guess what? The world is going to show them sooner or later uh, what the legacy is and mm -hmm. what, they need to, what they need to be prepared for. So I, as a dad, have to step up and do a better job of getting them ready for the battle. Gotcha. So when you say that, when you say that you noticed that it was a very stark difference, um, what do you mean they didn't kind of understand like yeah, they, yeah. They took the, I guess, what was their view as far as what they were seeing? Yeah. So, so what's the use in marching? Mm. What's the use in protesting? 
Um, yeah, the cops did the wrong thing. No question about it. But why everybody so mad? So I think the main part of it that really struck me was the why. Right, right. You don't know why? Right. right. You don't understand? Yeah. You've had the opportunity to be in the presence of Barack Obama right there with him. You've had the opportunity to be in the presence of John Lewis. You've seen some of the icons of our time that fought so that we could have. Right. And you're asking me why. Right. I'm not mad at them. I'm disappointed in me because clearly I have shared enough with them so that they understand the why in this whole situation. But to add to that, do you think that it was a why of why they're protesting? I mean, of why the everybody is so mad, the fact that this happens all the time. And it's just kind of like, it's almost, if you think about it, it's especially when my nephew's about to start, turn 13 on Sunday. So it's the understanding of, for him, he's seen like the Mike Brown. He's seen, so he's, it, it's, it's something that is constant. It's not anything that is just like a one-time thing or you read it in a paper and it was months ago. It's almost every couple of weeks. So they're almost immune to it, where it just seems like, well, why is everybody so mad now? Like, why is it such a distinction? Is it that or is it that they just did not understand? I think it's awareness. Okay. And, 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 and I want you to think about this. You know, when we were growing up, well, I'm probably a few years ahead, but but when I was growing up, there were just walk with me here, and I'll get to the point. There <laughs> were there were there were three network television channels. Right. There were about four UHF channels. <laughs> um, uh, uh, there was there were there were there were a few shows that everybody watched together. Um, and, and when I grew up, the family ate dinner together. Um, there weren't staggered schedules where mom gets home at eight o'clock, but dad's there at five. It, it was a lot different when I grew up. Now, when you look at what young people are faced with, you look at the fact that these electronic devices that they have can them in a world that is not reality yeah, all day long. Uh, it can keep them on various apps that don't bring them into contact with any of the issues yeah. uh, that our community is facing, and it keeps them in a world really and truly of make-believe. Yeah, it keeps them in a My nine-year-old can tell me, he's, you know, I do, I, you know, I'm, I'm a larger man, so I'm trying to lose uh, a lot of weight here, so I'm walking every morning, and my youngest son likes to walk with me. Mm -hmm. When he walks with me, I realized that he is an encyclopedia on all of the streaming services, right? So he says, you know, he says, Dad, you know, HBO Max is coming out and Disney Plus, and he can tell me which streaming services carry which movies and which shows and why, why we need to have this one instead of that one because we don't have access to certain content. But yet when I ask him about Amadou Diallo, Mm -hmm. I ask him about 
some of the issues that have hit our people. When I say name for me, three of the Black Panthers, and you've been in the same room with Bobby Seale. Right, right. And you can't tell me that. It's not a matter of age and maturity, because if your mind is strong enough to be able to talk to me about when technology Mickey mm -hmm. Mouse yeah. film came out and when they went from mm -hmm. black Right, the technicolor, and, and when you can do that, you can know about your history. Right. So it's a self-check for me as a parent that we probably allow them to be in that world of make-believe far too long, and we don't spend it, you know why? Because it actually becomes a babysitter for us. It does. Yeah. It does. Yes, it, it does. actually becomes a babysitter. And so it's a it, it, man, this thing has shocked me into reality that I got to pull them out of that. Right. And I've got to spend more time. Not that I don't spend time with them, but now I realize I got to carve out specific time right. to help them understand who we are and what we come from. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. No, de definitely. I, I like the fact that you made mention the fact that it is a babysitter, it becomes a babysitter because. It's easy to, like you said, we, ha we all have schedules, right? So we all have things that we're trying to do. And really the things that we're trying to do is really to make their lives better down the That's line. Right. So right. it's easy to sit there and say, okay, well, hey, you know what? All right, cool. Just here's the tablet. Just go sit and do this while it is. And I'm over here taking care of this because I'm really trying to focus on that because we now have this schedule to where we're carving out that time to where, okay, well, I know I'm going to spend time with my son from this time to this time. And then once I'm done, he'll go to bed and then I can go ahead and take care of the next stuff right. that, that, that are on the plate. Um, so very, very, all, all, all extremely valid, very valid points. I, I recently, I haven't had a chance to speak with my son about it yet. I'm sure that he is aware of what it is that's going on as into, and I, in his response, I don't know if it's a response necessarily be the same, but I feel like it would be along the same lines though, you know, as far as trying to really understand the gravity of everything that's really taking place right now mm -hmm. and why it is that people are as mad as they are because, yeah. you know, because, and I was talking to someone the other day who asked me about how I felt and, you know, Age-wise, for me, I was like, she's like, I look. I remember when we were boarding up East Oakland because, you know, because we had just gotten a Rodney King verdict, and everybody was mad, mad as hell then, you know. Mm -hmm. And what that brought, and ironically enough, my mother and I were just having a conversation because I guess someone the other day mentioned Steve Jobs and the factor of the iPhone and phones now having this camera and this capability of being able to capture everything. And I had to really think about it for a second. I was like, wow, like we wouldn't have even really known about Rodney King if it had not been for someone who just happened to be in their window. He happened to have a capture. You know? So, mm -hmm. so really when we talk about it, who have we missed? You know, and, I, yeah. like, like I know, I, I know what, what, what we yeah. got, but God, like, can, can we like really even just fathom like how even more mad we probably would be if we really captured Every, everybody, right? You know, right, so, right. so 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 again to, to to that point of of teaching, and I think that you know um, figuring out the, the the best way because again, it is it is interesting because of course you know like like you said, we've had opportunities to sit in a room with some very iconic people from Harry Belafonte, you know, what I'm saying to 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 Obama, and it's very much the thing of where sitting in the room is one thing, really sitting down and having that conversation. And you know, putting put, putting our kids in 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 an area to where it's like, okay, cool. I really have to 
it's a check for me as well to really have to sit down and say, okay, well, hey, like, look here, we about to read this book, you know, um, and that's that's one of the things I started doing with Christopher as far as, uh, you know, getting him to read more, which means that I had to read more, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. so we have we we have our own book club to where we literally. I'll read a, a chapter, he reads a chapter, you know, and then we'll have a discussion about it, but it's, re- it's pur- purposely geared to the factor of making sure that he's very aware of what it is that's going on um, and the, the state of everything of where he's at. And I try to tell him the same thing, like, bro, you're about to be 15, you know, you're three years away from being at 18 years old and being out actually in the world and realizing how it is that it's going to treat you you know, mm-hmm. um, because it's not going to hug you. So, but then another point, another point is you can't be scared to bring them into an environment right. uh, where they actually can see and experience with what, what some who aren't as fortunate as them are it going has to connect. <laughs> right. Like right. it's one thing to see it and somebody to tell you, but it's another thing when I can look at it and I can make it connect because at that point it makes sense. So then it's just like understanding who Bobby Seale is and who like, then it's like, okay, because I read such and such or because I was exposed to such and such. Now I understand what this means because now it's like, it's almost, it's not necessarily a missed opportunity, but it's just like, man, if I knew then what I know now, like I would have been all over this man. Like I would have got all types of pictures. Like, you are a living legend, but it's, I know for myself, it's, it's a lot of times it's the connection. And I think that's where, you know, parents and everybody miss it because I can tell you something all day long. I, I can tell it to you all day long. It's a difference when I can, when I can tell it to you and then I can back it up with showing it to you. Then it's like, okay. And that, and 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 that that leads to 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 something that I've I've tried to do to take action as I realize my own deficiency in this area. Um, the other day they uh, they looted Frankfurt Avenue, uh, which is right above my church. I'm pointing like the folks that are watching your podcast can see. <laughs> but they looted Frankfurt Avenue and broke out glass in a lot of the. Uh, retail stores and blooming away, they broke out the glass at the library. They ain't taking books. <laughs> you just broke the glass. Right? Breaking glass, so, break it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I, I let my 13 year old go up there and grab a broom. Mm-hmm. Sweeping and cleaning mm-hmm. to try to beautify that area. Yeah. Next Tuesday, here at our church, we're going to be feeding 500 families. We're pulling in a 26-foot trailer. It's going to be filled with boxes of food that we're going to give out to 500 families. And guess where he's going to be next Tuesday? Handing out food. Out here, mm-hmm. handing out the food. Yes. It's, it, we, we can, I feel like, and I don't mean to go get on a soapbox, but you brought me on here to speak. Uh, I feel like... <laughs> Some of our brothers and sisters that have, in their minds, overcome, which they really haven't, they feel like now they've got to shelter their children Uh Uh from other brothers and sisters that are still struggling. And that's wrong. We can't be up on the hill staying away from the valley. Right. We got to be in the valley 
lift it up each other, then guess what? We can all have a mountaintop testimony. These kids are going to start getting more of a, 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 a hands-on right. education Good. Uh, so, that, so that they really will not become detached mm -hmm. from the struggle that is the life of our people. Absolutely. I bet I, you know,对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对
to try to make it better going forward? I'm going to answer that in a couple ways. Um, first of all, on an individual basis, right? right? Um, we've got to we've got to step up to the plate. Uh, and educate ourselves on the issues of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of ratchet TV. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I find that a lot of our a lot of our brothers and sisters are spending way too much time mm-hmm. uh, uh, watching that kind of entertainment instead of being able to verse themselves on all sides of the news spectrum. Mm-hmm. I mean to be honest with one another when we grew up i think news was neutral uh but now all news has a spin to it absolutely watching pbs or npr uh everything that you watch has some type of lean Uh and what i like to do is i like to watch it all because i really like to know what's going on in the world i think that's the only way you can kind of find that 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 middle ground now um, so I feel like we've got to step up and educate ourselves. Go ahead, go ahead, Brian. So you can watch Fox. Oh yeah, I can watch it. I didn't say I, really? I can watch it and get angry, and I don't get okay, angry. Okay, because I have a whole like my blood pressure and everything just goes through the roof. And then sometimes, like lately, I've literally been sitting there, and it's just like there literally is two different worlds and they literally believe it's two different worlds. Like it doesn't matter if it's videotaped or whatever, they will still see the world that they see. Like, and that is, that is so scary to me. Cause it's like, it, it doesn't matter what happens, what anybody says, you, you are literally going to believe like, Wow. But, but but can I tell you something? Uh-huh. Most of those guys don't believe what they're saying. It's sensationalism. Exactly. Now, some, some, of them are, now I, some of them are living the life, but I got, but by and large, they found a way to money uh, because it's very lucrative to be hard right. So we've got the, re- and I've been in media since 1995. Uh, and, and, and so some of the people that you're talking about, I ran WABC radio. Now, let me give you a little history. I ran WABC Radio in New York for eight and a half years. WABC Radio is one of the iconic radio stations in all the country. But if you went and looked at the format when I was there, here's here's who was on in the morning. Don Imus. In the midday, Rush Limbaugh. In the afternoon, Sean Hannity. In the late evening, in the early evening, Mark Levin. So, Curtis Sliwa, right? And people said, man, how could you work them? How could you deal with those folk? Wait a second, wait a second. I was I was in a position where I was responsible for the revenue that was generated by those stations. And can you and I felt like it was a victory for us to have some big, intimidating, dark-skinned brother walk into some of the Fortune 500 companies and say, I'm Jonathan Mason with, they're like, you're Jonathan Mason? And see that, see their eyes pop out of their head. Now here's the, thing I, here's the thing I will say about that though, and the reason I brought that up is when they went off the air, they were totally different people. Don, I, God rest his soul. 
God rest his soul. And I love Don Imus. And I know he was the one that made a, a terrible statement uh, about the Rutgers basketball team. But when I came up with the vision for Camp New Joy, and I'll share with you that I came up with a vision for a camp for at-risk black youth. Uh, in, and I, I wanted to build it in a place called Rustburg, Virginia. Uh, and I wanted to buy 23 acres of land and build a house there and take kids there in the summertime, have them put down their iPhone, have them put down their iPad. And I wanted to have them be able to be mentored by folk that look like them and that come from a shared experience. And so that they would be able to model behavior. Um, when I went to Don Imus and told him that vision, before I even had a 501c3, I said, look, I want to sell commemorative acres of land so that I can get this done. He was the first person to give me $8,000 for one of those acres of land. And then after about two months, he asked me, he says, how's it going? I said, well, I've raised X, Y, Z. He says, no, no, no. He says, you know what we're going to do? He says, I'm going to give you four hours on my show to do a radiothon, which was broadcast on the radio across the country and on television on Fox Business. And he said, we're going to guilt some white folk into helping you build this camp. And on that day, we raised $400,000 for this project, and he wrote a check for $100,000 himself. So my point is that some folk are out there doing things to sensationalize issues and to draw people in, to make them angry, or to stimulate a certain element. But at the end of the day, all of these folks don't believe what they say. Don't fool yourself. Um, but yes, I can watch Fox News. I can watch MSNBC. I watch it all. But I was going back to the point of individually, we've got to ed educate ourselves. We've got to engage. We've got to get up and vote. The reason we're dealing with what we're dealing with right now is because in 2016, we stayed home and we did not vote. And look at what has happened now. But guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with what has happened because sometimes God has to shake up our normal. Yeah, he does. us yes, to step does. into our calling. Yes, he does. And so God has yes, placed Trump in this time and in this season so that we realize what we must do to elevate our community. But I got to go to a second point, only because I come from being a president of an international black organization. Our organizations have to step up stop writing press releases talking about we stand with and get out of the house and get out of the buildings and go stand up. And our organizations are too conservative, too scared, and they've got to, they've got to absolutely take a more aggressive approach. Can I tell you something? If our black organizations today were operating the same as they did back in Jim Crow, then there wouldn't have been no NAACP. There would not have been. Uh, uh, there would not have been all of these organizations. That wait a second, wouldn't have been the Divine Nine because when you really look at our founding principles, we were all about social activism. Mm -hmm all about stepping up to make sure that our people had an equal opportunity and a seat at the table of success. And I, I just got to say, I feel like a lot of our organizations, we've become social clubs. We've become social clubs. And, and, and we've got to get back to our roots. And guess what? When we decide to get back to our roots, when you think about all of the people that we have in our spectrum and in our circle, yeah. what difference we can make if we get back to our roots.
I, you know, it's funny that you would say that because I've had a few people, like I always think back to uh, that, what was it, BET Sorority Sisters? Mm-hmm. When, when that show, when that oh, show, yeah. show hit and the uproar, the absolute uproar and, and like, you know, and the, and the way that they came out against it in the call for action just to get this show canceled. A television show. I know, to get it canceled. And and damn it if they didn't get it canceled. That's so right. if we can do that and muster that level of energy toward getting something that always oh, going to paint y'all in a different light, we should really be stepping up to that plate, really, and making that same loud mm-hmm. voice to try to paint us, our, our people, into a better light, you know? So, yeah. Well, I I gotta ask this question. Sure. The red and white jackets, the blue and white shirts, the purple and gold shirts, the the, the pink and green shirts, where are they on the front lines of these protests? We we ought to be there. Because you know what? Our founders were there. The people that started and trailblazed our organizations, they were there. They weren't afraid to get in good trouble. Where are we? We can't hide behind press releases. Right, right. That's, I'm sorry. I get a little passionate about that. No, nah, that's what it does. That's, 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 what this, that's what this medium is all about. Uh, but no, you're, you, you have a very, very valid point. I think I've seen, in all of the photos that I have seen, I think I saw one where it was one, one Sora uh from zeta that was that was on the that was on the line and hadn't had her shirt on you know um but it would be nice to see that you know and i, I think that um to, to that point i think that definitely every everybody needs to needs to definitely take hear hear that and make action so hey, can, I, can, I, can i offer another can I offer another thought on that sure how many people have our organizations fed during this pandemic um, how, how many rent? How many rent bills have our organizations paid during this pandemic? How many? How many funerals have our organizations helped to pay for? Uh, for those that couldn't afford the cremation bill or or the burial bill, people are hurting right now. We got forty million people that are on unemployment, and if those are the people, those are only the people that we know about. So when you really, and when you really- are the people who are approved. Not those are the only people that have filed, absolutely. So when you really look at it, it's probably 60 million people. Where, where have, where have, how have our organizations, I'm not just talking about the Divine Nine, how have our organizations come together and pooled their resources to be able to help our members and our community financially? Right. Financially, we got the money. Why have we done that? Dude, I think we're too concerned about maintaining, you know, the money that that that, that they that they do have, you know. Well, I think that I think that it's being done, but I don't think that it's being done collectively because I know, like, probably each organization is doing their own thing. But again, if we can come up with everybody on one accord to do something, one big thing that shows an impact. I mean, I know my organization, you know, we've done stuff, we've been doing stuff. And I'm what sure you guys- What organization are you a part of? I'm part of the Pink and Green. 
That's all right. There's nothing wrong with the pink and green. There's nothing wrong with the pink That's and right. green. That's right. That's right. Never. That's right. That's right. Always. But, all right. want, but I'm saying I'm saying all that to say I know that um I don't know collectively, um, probably have to do some research on this. Collectively, like all of the organizations as much of a force as we are have collectively came together to do something now there's, that will be a powerful impact there's because i mean we have millions of us it's it's millions of us so yeah. on that point i do i do agree with you on that mm. very much so but i do wanted to ask you so this is kind of to go back on something you said earlier. You said you took your children on a tour on a historic. I did. I was actually trying to pull up um, every place we went so I could share that with you. Uh, but last year um, in February, uh, I um, so I had gone to the Super Bowl uh, in in Atlanta. I had gone to the Super Bowl three years in a row, uh, and so I went to the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And the guy that, and, and one of the things that you realize when you go to the Super Bowl is that you don't want to try to drive yourself. Because the first time I did, uh, and it was in Minnesota, ironically, uh, and I lost the car for like two or three hours and it was like below zero uh, trying to find which parking lot I parked in uh, when uh, 80,000 people are trying to leave the stadium. Um, so, so anyway... Uh, I went to uh, we uh, we went to the Super Bowl. I met this driver. His name is Larry, uh, good brother. And as he was taking us around, uh, he was talking to us about you know some of the iconic um, members of the Atlanta community uh, that had really done some great things and how he had been connected to them. And so I told him, I said I wanted to bring my kids back down here later on in the month. And so he gave me a great price uh, to uh, do a black history tour. And so we started in Atlanta. Uh, we went to the Carter Center. Uh, and then we went to uh, the block where Martin Luther King grew up. Uh, and we went to Martin Luther King's house. We went to Ebenezer Baptist Church. Uh, we went to Montgomery, Alabama. We went to Selma, Alabama. We went to Birmingham. Uh, and at every stop, we visited some of the places that are iconic. We went to Rosa. We went to the development where Rosa Parks lived. Uh, Rosa Parks wasn't wasn't rich. She lived in a basically a project. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 it was so interesting uh, to you know because we couldn't find her place. Uh, and then as we drove around, we talked to somebody across the street that was probably about. 60, 70 years old, and they're like, she lived right there. She lived, and then they started telling us about mm -hmm. knowing her uh, and, and, and spending time with her. When we went to the Edmund Pettus Bridge, which was a cathartic experience, um, there was a young lady outside of one of the museums around the corner from the Edmund Pettus Bridge that was arrested on Bloody Sunday. She was there. She comes there and she serves as a host for one of these museums. And she told us stories, you know, and the boys had a chance to hear this and take pictures with these people. It was 
Man, it was an amazing experience. Some of the best time I honestly feel I spent with my children. We did it over a four-day period, and we drove, drove down and drove back. And uh, man, I recommend highly, I recommend highly taking our children down to Alabama, down to Atlanta, down to Mississippi, letting them really see what 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 they've seen in black and white on television. Right. Uh, I mean, you have to understand, like, you're talking city kids who don't understand what rural means. That's right. Like, you know, there's a difference between urban and rural. Like, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's, it's a difference between Midwest uh, rural and down South rural. Those mm-hmm. are two totally different things. That's like, right. you're talking about places where there's only one stop sign. There's only like, there's a difference when you say it's pitch black, it's pitch black. So then when you're just like, okay, it's pitch black. So they was going out here and playing and doing. So then it's like, again, that's what that whole connect like. So they did all of this and I can't even see in front of my, I can't even see my hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just understand like, this is life. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, so yes, that was that was what we did. We did a Black History tour for four days, and um, man, I can't wait to do something like that again. I want to take them to some other sites. Good, good. That's what's up. Yeah, I have to, I have to. Yeah, let me get that information from you. Shoot, maybe I'll call Larry. Okay. <laughs> go, go ahead and head on down. Because I mean, I, I haven't seen it, seen it my, myself. You know, I mean, so that that would definitely be. Um, be a fun, a fun trip. I know when definitely when we hit Mississippi and driving through that, and it was just like the the, the amount of bugs and everything coming at the car. And I was in Christopher, and he was like, "It's like, is 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 it bug season?" I was like, "I have no clue, bro. All I know is we're trying to get out of Mississippi." <laughs> get let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. To have gone to Birmingham mm-hmm. and to have gone to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, one of the young ladies that was killed at 16th Street Baptist to stand at her grave wow. time there. Yeah. Um, man, it, 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 it was, it was, it, it was, it was a memory that I'll never forget. I'm sure, I'm sure. To, to, to go to Montgomery and, and stand in the pulpit and it's the same pulpit and the same chair uh, where every pastor has been there, including Martin Luther King, wow. uh, 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 past, uh, was there. To sit in that pulpit was, was made to go into his office that they haven't changed. Wow. But they don't even let you take pictures in there. I snuck to. Uh, <laughs> to go into his office. Um, it was, it's an amazing experience. I highly recommend it. Okay. Highly and I, you know what, and what I know about kids, I just told somebody the other day, I said, you know, I've been, I've been someone's child for 43, almost 44 years, and I've been a father for almost 15. So which one do you think I have more experience at? Memory-wise, you know, my mother and I, we, we talk on a regular basis, and to the point of where now my next thing is to uh, purchase a digital camera and start capturing her stories. Cause she'll, she'll sit there and tell me like, you know, the family history and, you know, this time when, da, 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 and, you know, and your grandfather did blah, blah, blah. And, and, and it really got me to thinking. And I was just like, wow, like my father, my grandfather just turned 92. My mother would be 72. Like, you know, I've got other cousins that are in their like seventies and eighties. And I'm just like, wow, like I really, now I really have to now make time to do this. 
And don't wait. Yeah, don't no, wait. no, not at all. Not let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Because my mother is 87 years old. Mm-hmm. She will be in August, 87 years old. Mm-hmm. And she is late stage Alzheimer's. Okay. And I wish yeah. I would have taken the time. Yeah. Uh, when, the, uh, when the lights were still bright. Right, right. To capture her story. Yeah. There are still some things that she remembers. I mean, she her long term is not bad. Mm-hmm. But but the short term. But I, but I, but don't wait. Do it. Do it while yeah. you can, uh, because they've got a story to tell. They they really do. They really do. And we've uh, you know as far as from the lineage, uh, when again on that, that same road trip, um, much for me, I was not. We didn't really know too much about my father's side as far as his dad's side. Um, so the namesake uh, aspect. But I've started to meet a whole bunch of cousins now and in. My father was like the oldest of 13. And I tell people all the time, like, you can walk me into a room and I, you know, and let everybody be sitting there. I may know two <laughs> offhand, you know. Um, but, but it's definitely one of those things of where it's like, okay, now being able to really know that history um, and capture those, those, those moments as far as for later on with my son and then whatever kids he has and him being able to keep those stories going. Um, so I think think that that's a definite uh, important piece um, just to, to to have that to look, look back on. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, my 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 condolences, uh, not condolences, but you know, sorry. Mm-hmm. To hear about she's it. still here. Yeah. She's still she's yeah, still absolutely. here. Absolutely. And we yeah. and we and we try to spend as much time with her as we can. But yeah, yeah. I just, I just it just brings you into the reality that that um, that you have to cherish every moment. Absolutely. Time is precious. Yeah. yeah, and there's nothing Absolutely. like right now. Absolutely. Right. So we're getting close to, to to that time, but so at this at this point, my last my last question, um, as a father, right? And, and I know that you were very close with yours, you know, and I and I always appreciated, you know, that that aspect, um, and you know, because you definitely you could just tell um, that it was a very uh, very important person for you in, in, in your life. And I see you be, being that same person in, in your children's lives. So what would be your final thought to all the fathers um, as a father yourself? What would be, be your final thought to piece of advice, whatever you want? Whatever yeah, you, want. you know, you only get one opportunity to raise them. True. And, and God has given us as parents uh, an amazing gift, yeah. and that is the gift of parenthood. And if I might be introspective for a moment, one of the things that I'm 47 years old, and one of the things I think I will regret uh, is the fact that, and this might shock you, Chris, uh, is the fact that I spent so many years uh-huh chasing that big seat because um and i was driven for in my mind for the right reasons Uh i wanted to see it be bigger than it was right to see it be more relevant than it was right to see us step up in our activism game Uh i wanted i wanted us to understand that we ought to be able to see ourselves 
at the table with the real with the decision makers right. that are making decisions for this country. And I felt like I knew how to get us there. Uh-huh. What was the sacrifice? The sacrifice uh-huh. was being on the road forty some weekends a year. Right. For about ten years straight. Right. Uh, so when you think about that, when I started that, tra- I started it in '95. But but when I really st- when I really got on the road to being president, that would have been 2009. Jonathan was three years old. Yeah, yeah. Actually, wasn't born. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan got three years of me being home basically all the time. Right. After that, yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. Jackson is nine. So when you think about that, Jackson was born in 2010. I was in the thick of it at that point. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Jackson, Jackson did not experience those three years. Right. The only, so, 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 so here's what I did. I said yes to, 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 to running, for, at running for the seat, but I had to say no to Taekwondo practices. Yeah. No to plays. Right. And no to because I was all over the place serving other people. Yeah. And, as, and as wonderful as we may think that is, guess what? You can't get that time back. No, you cannot. And so, so if there was a saving grace, the saving grace is my babies are still young. Yeah. And, and I'm getting it in. Believe me, I'm getting it in. Right. But if I had it to do all over again, I honestly can't tell you mm-hmm. that I can't tell you that I'd do it the same way, hindsight being 2020. Sure. Uh, I may still go for the seats. Right. But I spend 10 weeks of weekends away instead of 40. 40, right, got it. Say yes to every speaking engagement. Right. Um, right. So, so you say, what's my advice? Cherish the time. Understand that time is fleeting. Understand that nobody wins a battle against Father Time. He always wins. Yeah. And, and that we've got to take the time that we've been given. Yeah. To pour into these young people as much as we can, because literally their lives are on the line. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Don't ask me what, what my final thought is, because I'm not coming behind him. Okay. Me neither. I'm not. <laughs> if you want to go on, sir, because ain't nobody coming up behind you. You go ahead, take that. I'm not. No, sir. No, no sir. Uh, but no, I, I, I fully, fully agree with that. I, as someone who can definitely, you know, get wrapped up in work, right? And I totally understand that. You know, there have been times where, um, hence the reason why that, that, why that trip was so important for, for he and I, because it was like, okay, cool. Like we, we've got to do this. We, quality time is indeed, indeed precious. Um, and, and after my dad passed in 2016, it was definitely like that, that, real reminder that I was like, okay, you know what? I literally, I have to be very much attached and plugged into what you want to do. Like, you know, so I mean, we've done, you know, after we had Conclave in Detroit uh, and one of the brothers out there was like, oh, well, you know, the auto show and blah, blah, blah. I came back to Detroit. We took a road trip and went, and went to Detroit because he has expressed that he wanted to be a mechanical engineer and design cars. Okay, cool. So go to Detroit, you know, where the big show is. So definitely, I, I, I appreciate you saying that because time is indeed the most, the most important uh, piece and quality time is, is uh, precious. It's the most and, one, and one final thought on that. Yes, sir. If you don't do it. 
There's a whole world out there waiting to take our place. Right. And, right. and those influences aren't all positive. Right. Uh, so, so, so we've got to dominate the situation uh, and make the most of the time we've got. And I'm so thankful to God uh, that uh, I've now got the opportunity um, to spend this type of seven-day type time. Right. <laughs> it's not on a Thursday having to get on a plane and right. come Sunday, right. uh, which I did for all of those years. But I got a whole, I got the whole week. Right. And, 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 get all of it. Right. You know? Right. And, uh, so I'm just having a ball and, and I'm just blessed. And it's been an awesome opportunity to talk about fatherhood with you. It's, it, it's, it's a topic that you can talk about for hours and hours on end, because uh, if you're really into it, you know how much of a blessing it is to be a father. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question though. When you say that fathers should dominate this time, what do you mean by that? Like what I mean, you can you can forcefully dominate the time and that's that's not gonna get um the openness and the reception that you want. Cause it's not like I wanna force you to do something just because you're the child and I'm the father. It's, it's not that, it's that connection part. So when you're saying the dominating, but I wanna dominate in the way that I'm connecting with you. So, so what so, is your approach to that? Yeah, let me let me give you an example. Um, I think that, I think that you've got to find out, and I always, and I say this when I'm training, when I, when I, when I'm talking to people in interviews, what's your passion? Because if you follow your passion, the money will, you don't, don't follow money, follow your passion, because then if you follow your passion, money, the will, money will follow. Passion. Same thing in dealing with children, find out what their passions are, find out what their interests are. I, I gotta be honest with you. Um, um, I'm not a big fan of Lionel Trains, but my oldest son loves Lionel Trains. Uh, and so guess what? I've educated myself on Lionel Trains uh, and on the whole, uh, the whole world. Believe it or not, there's an underground world of people that love locomotives and they travel all over the country to go see these old locomotives. I've taken my son to Cleveland to go look at a train from 1860. I've taken him to upstate Pennsylvania to go look at uh, uh, to go look at somebody shucking coal into a train and and watching the steam come out and we paid real money to do it. Uh, I've taken him. Where else have I taken him? Uh, to Jackson, Tennessee? Casey Jones. Casey Jones is around his name. Well, you, you, you got to know that. Song. But to take him down, I've taken him to all these old railroads because guess what? That's his passion. Right. Jack's passion is animation. He loves animation. He wants to draw cartoons. So every time he comes to my office, I, I'm still one of those guys, you know, it's 2020. I still have- You better hold them baby's pictures up. But, no, but wait a second. I, got, I still have sticky pads on my desk, you know? So Jackson <laughs> will take the sticky pads and he will start drawing so that when you flip the flip sticky it. Yeah. <laughs> you see it moving. I gotta keep buying sticky pads. Guess what? Because he loves animation, I went on eBay and found this old—I oh, don't even know what to call it—but you put the piece, you put the uh, pictures in there, and you spin it, okay. and 
what the kids did in the early 1900s. And you look at and you can see the people moving in there. Right. I found that for them. You got to connect to their passions. And then you've got to embrace it and spend time in their space. Right. When you spend time their space with them, then you're developing the connections that will allow you to tackle tougher topics. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's that. There's there's that other piece of advice. I love that. Thank you, sir. You know, for taking this for taking this time with us. Uh, this is uh, definitely. Um, I'm glad we. I'm glad. I'm glad we did this. I'm glad. Glad we did this. You know, this is uh, um, definitely one for the books. Definitely one for the books. Well, I commend you guys on what this, what it is that you're doing. Um, I want to thank you for asking me to be a part of it, uh, and 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 please continue to get the message out there uh, about what fathers should be doing, uh, because we've got to we've got to be a beacon light, uh, because there are too many fathers out there right now uh, that don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, or who have abandoned their responsibility to do it. Uh, and so we've got to be that voice out there. Uh, and guess what? Last thing, and I'll leave this with you, and I'm not charging you for it. Mm-hmm. Some got to be fathers to people who don't aren't a part of our bloodline. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and so, so this also can be a vehicle to help us reach and understand that there's some kids out there right now. I got a call one tonight who, who's, whose dad's funeral I preached. I grew up with his dad. Um, and his dad uh, passed about five months ago. I preached his funeral. Me and this guy used to fight in elementary school every day. We used to compete against. I just started another paragraph, and I know y'all trying to close down. But let me say, and we used to fight. We used to compete against each other. But then we became great friends. Uh, and then his health took a turn a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and, and I ended up being the one called to stand and, uh, and now his son is 13, 14, 13, 13. He's at the point where he can go right or he, he can go yeah. left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause he needs that influence. We can't be ashamed to right. be a father figure to somebody who doesn't share our last name. I'm very true. Very, very true. And that goes, that, that falls in with the with mentoring piece and hold on. I got to go to Chipotle, guys. Yep. Get on, get, get on and go get that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FathersShouldPod. You can also visit our website at www.fathersshould.org. <laughs>